Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Monday, June 27th. This is not gambling advice. Waiver wire edition, as we always do on Monday. I'm your host, Colby Olson, joined by Clay Snowden. Before I throw it over to Clay... I just want to you know, say what's up to everyone, but also I want to set the line of voice cracks on my raspy, allergy-ridden, maybe COVID voice right now at like over two and a half, because it's going to happen this episode and you're going to laugh. Clay, what's up, my man? Not much. My voice always sounds kind of that way, so I guess we're in the same boat this week. I love it, man. I love it. So guys, we're going to be bringing to you a couple waiver wire pickups, a couple different streaming options this week. Um, you know, we're kind of getting into the point in the season where, you know, you're probably not making crazy moves on the waiver wire, but I think there's actually some, some guys that, you know, Clay, I feel like we, we, we run into a problem where at a certain point in the season, you have guys on your team where you're like the Carlos Carrasco's of the world where they haven't been playing well, they're still 70% owned and you're still kind of holding on because at one point in the season, they were really good. They have a big name, a big track record. But there's guys that are 10, 15, 20% owned that are actually outperforming them. And I think you kind of have to like take a mental leap and go, you know what? Screw the like screw the public, right? And and actually mm-hmm. take the leap and pick up guys that are that are less owned. Yeah. And another thing about owning those like 70 or 50% owned that you just don't want to let go of is isn't it's not only holding a spot on your roster, but you're now, if you let go of them, you're more open to streaming or picking up. Um, a hot bat or whatever you need that could potentially stick Um, too often fantasy players get married to their rosters and it's just dead weight. Um, So yeah, right now it's so hard on the waiver wire. It just seems like all of the kind of breakout bats and, and pitchers for that matter are getting scooped up or have already been scooped up. You're, you're not going to find a Kirk on the waiver wire anymore. You know, you're not going to find that impact bat so right now it's more about kind of chasing the hot hand i'm gonna argue that yes the hot hand is is key but i think there are actually it are guys available like kirk that could really really have a crazy fantasy impact and i'll just get into it but before i do that clay i do want to mention that um before or, or with each of my guys i'm gonna say that they're the second coming of something okay so my first waiver wire pickup is jaron duran of the boston red sox so center fielder 
He's the second coming of Jacoby Ellsbury. He looks exactly like Jacoby Ellsbury out there. This is a guy that, you know, at his peak, he doesn't have a home run yet, but at his peak could theoretically go 25 home runs, 30 plus stolen bases. He's 17% owned right now. And since being officially called up on June 15th, he had a couple games before that where he just had like little fill-in slots. But since being called up on June 15th, Duran is hitting 324 with six runs and four stolen bases in nine games. He's been hitting in the leadoff spot every single game. And the Red Sox have put a lot of trust in him. They're not benching him against lefties. They're sticking him out there in the leadoff spot versus anyone and everyone. This is a guy that hits line drives with a ton of speed. And the concern here is that, you know, when Kike returns, where does Jaron Duran play? But I think he's played well enough at this point that when Kike returns, Kike is going to go back to center field. But Jackie Bradley Jr. has not cut it at all in right field yes he plays in a fantastic right field five defensive runs saved we always have known that that's jackie bradley's role right but he's 10 for his last 51 he's hitting 219 on the season i think duran plays you know maybe a little bit less less good of a right field but i think it's up to standard with the way jackie bradley plays the outfield i think that duran is going to become the full-time right fielder when kike returns and jackie bradley jr becomes the bench bat i think Duran right now is the pickup. The Red Sox have the second highest WRC plus since May 15th, Clay. You're crazy to not pick up the guy hitting leadoff in that lineup. Yeah, no, I, I love that pickup. And I agree. I think he's going to get at bats regardless when Hernandez comes back. Um, they will find him a position to play right field if, if they need to squeeze him in, in left field to give Verdugo a day off or whatever it may be. Um, he's going to get at bats. And I, I love the player. I mean, he, he, I think you've covered it perfectly, exactly what he could be. And um, we've already seen some glimpses of that. And he's not your typical, you know, 22-year-old rookie who gets called up and is going to struggle a little bit and go on. I mean, he, he's an older rookie. I believe, is he 25 or so? He's 25 years old. I actually don't know if he has rookie eligibility. He had 112. Because he did play last year a bit. Um, but Clay, he made a lot of changes coming into this year. Yeah. He quieted his approach down. And one thing I was actually listening to the radio broadcast for the Red Sox today, and they were saying the other thing with Duran is, is he came up, you know, kind of in the middle of the Red Sox playoff run. They were in first place last season. And he came up and he was like, he fell out of place because he was the new guy on the block. They were in the middle of the playoff race. He wasn't, you know, asking the veterans questions. He kind of wanted to stay out of their way. And now he's finally like, feeling like a part of the team and just able to play his way. And I think that, you know, the mental game can't go, you know, unnoticed or, you know, we got to accept that that's definitely a thing here, but he also made big swing changes and is a different player this year. But um, I don't know if he's going to be slotted into the, you know, the leadoff hole when Kike returns, but I think he's at least earned a spot in the top, like, you know, top six of this order at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would pick him up and he's only 17%. Is that what you said? 17% owned big steal opportunity here, big run production. Um, but yeah, Clay, you get into your guy and we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah. So mine is Isak Paredes. It is Isak. I know that it looks like Isaac, but Isak Paredes, he has second base and third base eligibility, 7.7% owned in ESPN. Uh, he plays for the Rays. His stats on the year are not great. And if you if you don't know who he is, he was a prospect in um, Detroit's system. And 
they brought him up like 21 years old. He kind of struggled. And the Rays, of course, targeted him and traded Austin Meadows, who's done nothing this year, has been hurt most of the year, for Paredes. And this past week, 471, 500, 1.35 OPS, um, over 1,000 OPS, five home runs in one week. Um, I don't know if he'll keep it up. Um, he does have the power. He's hitting the ball in the air a lot more than he has in the past. The only issue I see with him is we all know the Rays like to play a lot of players. And maybe he doesn't start every single day like some players would. Um, but right now, the way he's hitting, he needs to play. I mean, I, I picked him up yesterday in my 10-man league, and he went three for three today the last time I checked. And um, he he's just on fire. He has the Brewers at home coming up this week before he goes to Toronto. Um, I, the only thing I don't know is the vaccine, if he's has it or not, or, you know, I, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll find out this week. So if you pick him up and he's not vaxxed and he's on your bench, do not yell at me. I'm, here's the warning. Dude, you Toronto don't have the, at your you, own risk. You don't have the inside information on the vaxes. Come on, man. You you call no, yourself I, a fantasy analyst, and you don't have who the list of everyone who's vaxxed and not vaxxed. I know, I'm, I'm disappointed I know. in you right now. I'm. It, it's crazy. I like Paredes. I, I actually liked this trade for the Rays. He's he's intriguing because he doesn't strike out a lot. He you know has a history of walking a lot and a pretty good you know feel feel the hit plus power. The only I, I don't think this is sustainable, but like yeah. you were talking about at the beginning of the show is you ride this hot hand. He's seeing the ball like a balloon right now. He's hitting everything in the air. And what you were saying about the Rays, right? They like to play a lot of guys. But dude, Vidal Brujan is a 37 WRC plus Taylor Walls has a 57 WRC plus even with Wander Franco returning to the shortstop role now. Right. He just returned today. He's not, he's going to be playing over Bruhan and Taylor Walls. Like, I have no doubt about that. They need his bat in the lineup right now. They need any, any sort of power in this lineup. And, and the other thing about it, too, is, you know, it depends on what your situation is. For instance, I have Chris Bryant. He's been injured all year. That was my third baseman. I acquired him in a trade because I screwed up the draft, was deciding to go late on third baseman. If you did that strategy and you picked Justin Turner, Josh Donaldson, um, Candelario, these guys who have, you know, proven themselves in the league, all three of them have struggled mightily. If you're in that situation where you just can't find a third baseman and maybe you picked up Espinal to play third base and he slowed down a bunch and it might just be right a hot hand until you either get healthy or that might just be the strategy for you the rest of the year. The third baseman, um, it's a deep position, but a lot of the players that, are available right now, like Candle, like like Candelario or Donaldson or whoever you may have Turner. They're just not cutting it. They are not cutting it. They are they are not cutting it. Turner, talk about falling off a cliff, man. Yeah. He's he is more than droppable at this point. And I see him owned still in, in a bunch of leagues. He he needs to be dropped, and I think that's the perfect opportunity. Like you were saying, just ride the hot hand, ride a third base hot hand if you have a guy like that. Clay, I'm going to get into my second pickup here. And, and, you know, we don't have to go too in detail into this one because this is a guy we mentioned, you know, last week, the week before. We've been all over Graham Ashcraft of the Cincinnati Reds. And for good reason, because like I said, he is the second coming of, and you're going to think I'm crazy for this, 
I'm going to give you two. The second coming of Corbin Burns mixed with Dallas Keuchel. So imagine if Corbin Burns Wait, and Dallas Keuchel. Out. Before you go any further, you have to be specific. What year Dallas Keuchel? Not 2022 Dallas Keuchel, I hope. No. I, the reason is, right? Graham Ashcraft attacks hitters very similarly to Corbin Burns. This cutter with a nasty slider, you know, and then Dallas Keuchel has this nasty sinker. Graham Ashcraft has a nasty sinker. Graham Ashcraft gets so many ground balls, man. But to go deeper, he struck out eight Giants over eight innings in his last start. Before that, he gave up six earned runs and just had this blow up start. Everyone was like, oh, is he going to, is he, is this finally the blow up? But eight strikeouts over eight innings for a guy that really hadn't displayed that strikeout stuff in the majors. He did, he did display that stuff in the minors to an extent, but I am just so impressed by what Graham Ashcraft can, you know, bring to not only the reds, but to a fantasy team because he's throwing 98 mile an hour cutters, a slider with a 35% whiff rate this month. That's his out pitch. And then he, he, you know, he has this sinker that has a negative 18 degree launch angle against an average of negative 18 degrees. That's like straight into the ground, right? The cutter averages negative, negative four degrees of launch angle. And what that allows him to do clay is pitch so deep into games, right? He can go six, seven, eight innings so easily. And for, you know, guys that are in quality start leagues, it's insane, but even wins, man, I think the reds have turned it on as of late. And I think a lot of, Graham Ashcraft starts are actually going to be wins these days. He has a 3.27 ERA, a 3.22 X ERA, 3.72 FIP. And like I was saying earlier in the show with Carlos Carrasco, guys like that, I actually would feel comfortable picking him up for guys like Carlos Carrasco or Trevor Rogers, who actually did look pretty good in his last start. But even still, I like Graham Ashcraft because I know what I'm getting. I'm getting a flamethrower guy that's throwing flamethrower cutters, getting ground balls, really is going to have the the ability to be consistent. Yeah, and being a Reds fan, I see him a lot. And um, so in fantasy, what happened was he was really good. People were picking him up. After that one bad outing, 12% drop. That's half. He's owned in about 12% on ESPN. He was dropped from about 24 25% back down to 12 Scoop in there. And if, if you're in a league that did drop that and you didn't pick him up, it may already be too late. Um, he's just looked great. And a lot of points leagues, Colby, he's really valuable in because he go, if he goes deep into games, you get a point for every single out recorded while he's pitching. So if you have a pitcher that's a high pitch count guy going five innings, there's a pretty limited ceiling on his points unless he's just striking everybody out. So Graham Ashcraft can go a little bit deeper into games. The Reds have shown that they're willing to do that, even with a rookie. Um, I, I think all signs point to immediate pickup for Graham Ashcraft. Yeah, man. I Eight innings is the longest he's gone, but I have faith that he's going to be able to do that for the long term and just really impressed by this young man. We talked about it a lot, you know, when we talked about him earlier, but this is a guy that picked to pick up, but actually go watch, go watch him pitch because yeah. he's, he's fantastic to watch. I'll let you get into your next guy unless you want to get into streamers. I don't know if you have one more pickup here. I think, yeah, I'll go into my next guy. We'll do streamers and we'll recap how we did last week at the cool. end instead of the beginning of this show for this week. So my guy, um, I wrote about him in the waiver wire pickup article last Monday, a week ago. Um, so if you want all the extreme stats, you can go find that. But it's Tanner Scott, a relief pitcher 
for the Miami Marlins. Picking up a fish here in the fantasy league. Um, Tanner Scott has seven saves this year. He was recently kind of inserted into that closer role for now in Miami. Um, all of those saves have come in June, including two this past week. Um, I believe he got the win today as well for Miami. Um, it was a walk-off in Miami against the, the Mets, which is pretty awesome. Um, 10 appearances in his past 10 appearances, he's only allowed runs in one of them. It was a three run outing. That was a blown save. That's going to happen from time to time. I'm not saying Tanner Scott's the best closer in the game. He's owned in 9.1% of ESPN leagues last week. It was 5.7. So people are starting to notice a little bit that he's going to get these opportunities to collect some saves. And even in a points league, he's racking up eight, nine, 10 points every outing. So Tanner Scott, jump on the train. Dude, his his numbers are heart attack inducing, right? I know. 28 innings, 45 strikeouts. That's a 98th percentile strikeout rate. 16 walks as well. So he's kind of like the lefty version of Adam Adovino. I mean, like kind of the same kind of guy, right? Where he's going to strike out everyone that he faces. He might walk the house. He might put two yeah. runners on, give you a heart attack. He's still going to get the save. I like this one. And I actually, this is crazy to say, maybe it's not. The Marlins are not the worst team in baseball. I think they're just like a middle of the pack team that is going to go 500, maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse down the stretch, but they're going to win a decent amount of games. I think Tanner Scott at this point is the guy to close those games out. You could do a lot worse from the closer point of view right now. And it's hard to pick up saves right now. I, this guy should be owned at least in 40 or 50% of leagues. So question about this. If, if you are a team and you're, you're in a roster crunch and you have one or two closers on your roster already, it's tough to add a third. So like, would you drop, if you have Gregory Soto closer for the Tigers, he's owned in around 50% of lease going back to what we were talking about earlier. Sometimes it's time to drop in. Soto's been okay. He's been better than he has been in past years, even, but it's about opportunities at this point. It's about, um, you know, if you drop Soto, I just wonder, like, depending on your league, if he's going to get picked up and maybe Scott, you know, loses opportunity, gets injured, isn't playing as well. You might be able to scoop him back up. Um, in my league re recently, I trade, I actually traded Craig Kimbrell because I just did not trust him anymore. And I decided I'm going to pick up the Sotos when they're available. Scott's players who are getting opportunities or maybe not owned at as high of a risk. And as we all know, with bullpen arms, it's usually hot and cold. Ride that hot streak for the few weeks that they're hot. Drop them, pick up the next guy. Would you believe me if I told you that Gregory Soto on the Detroit Tigers, who cannot win a game, has more saves than Craig Kimbrell on the Dodgers, yeah. one of the greatest teams in the league? That's and also that there's two reasons why. And here's why I was mad about Craig, Craig Kimbrell and why I moved him was because they weren't getting opportunities. They were winning by too large of margins that he wasn't getting saves. And then when he was getting opportunities, he wasn't good enough. It's that simple. He's looking like the, the White Sox, Craig Kimbrell, and not the Cubs first half of the season last year, Craig Kimbrell. I got fed up. I actually attached um, Patrick Sandoval with Craig Kimbrell for Taylor Rogers. 
That is a deal. That is definitely a deal. Dude, Craig Kimbrell has always, again, been that heart attack guy. He'll walk two guys, first and second, yeah. nobody out. And it's it's luck of the draw, whether he he closes it out or not. Roll the Chapman's on the same thing for years. I think it's just tricks of the trade, maybe. Yeah. Give everyone a heart attack. But, Clay, I'm going to move on to streaming options this week. And first, prize picks. So, prize picks, not gambling advice is presented to you by prize picks i'm gonna keep it short and sweet today we don't need to go too long you guys have heard the spiel you know what we're about we're doing prize picks every day we do the twitter spaces all that mumbo jumbo right it's as simple as this you go on prize picks you download the app you use promo code just baseball you get a full deposit match do i need to say more you've heard it all you've heard it all already peter goes on and on i'm just gonna give it to you today promo code just baseball prize picks we're getting into streaming options. Okay. My streamers, I'm going to go at this a little bit different this week, Clay, because usually, you know, you pick a guy that starts either on Monday or Tuesday and you double dip on that guy. What I'm going to do is still a double dip, but I'm going to double dip on two guys. So I'm going to pick up Tyler Wells for his Tuesday start against the Mariners on the road. And then on Sunday, I'm, I'm going to pick up for Tyler Wells, right? It works out, works out perfectly. You then pick up Johnny Cueto, 23% owned against the Giants on the road. Tyler Wells, dude, has been amazing, man. It's 64 and two-thirds innings, 3.34 ERA, 3.63 XERA. And did I mention this guy is 6'8"? He is a tree out there. He's going to get the job done. The Orioles offense has been really, really rolling as of late. Then Johnny Cueto is having a resurgence at age 36, 3.19 ERA, 3.53 X ERA. He gets the Giants offense, which is an okay offense, but we all know that, that you know, Oracle Park, as it's called now, is a pitcher's park. So I trust both these guys. You can get a nice double dip on two guys that are really, really solid. And I think they're available in most 12 teamers. Yeah. I love Tyler Wells. Um, he, he's just solid and no matter what league you're in, he is going to produce. It won't be, you know, the top pitcher of the week or anything, but he's not going to blow up a game or anything. And a lot of times, especially with streamers, that's what you're looking for. And, and we mentioned it last week with our streamers. Sometimes you just want the 10, 12, 13 points or, a win and a quality starter, you know, whatever it may be, they don't have to be the best pitcher in the world. Usually we hunt matchups, but it's getting to the point with Tyler Wells in the league that you and I are in. I picked him up and he's, he's mine now. Like I'm not dropping him until I have to. And for reference, we play in a 16 man league. So any guy that's like over 5% owned is likely owned in this league. It's crazy. So like, I, I'm a believer at this point, um, solid back end, Maybe, you know, four or five option for you um, if you need a starting pitcher. Yeah, man, I, I wonder when the strikeouts are going to come because he struck out in 29% of batters last year, 15% this year at 6'8". You would think that he would have a little bit more whiff ability. Regardless, he's yeah. getting the job done. Clay, I'll pass it over to you. You give your streaming options, and then we'll recap last week. Yeah, so my streaming option, I'm going to keep it right there. In Baltimore, we're big Orioles fans. We, I, I, I guess that's just who we are now, right? 
I'm just um, coming around on this Orioles offense at this point, right? They're they're rolling Mount Castle, man. Sini, Mullins, the triple M's, dude. They kill the ball. Yeah, I love watching that team. Um, and I don't even really want to go into why because I don't really have much of a reason. But my streamer, 2.4% own Dean Kramer, the 28th of this month, which is, I believe, Tuesday. He is going up at Seattle. Um, four starts this year for Dean Kramer, 26 years old, 1.71 ERA, 1.23 whip, 3.26 FIP. The expected ERA is much higher. I will say that right off the bat. Uh, um, 19% home run rate last season this year and only four starts, mind you, 3.3%. Um, really improving on not letting the ball leave the ballpark. And, hey, they push back that wall in Baltimore, which, you know, for streamers, we like that. Only a 6.1% barrel rate off of Dean Kramer. I like him as a pitcher just fine. Like, I'm not going to act like Dean Kramer is a great pitcher. This has more to do with the matchup for me um, at Seattle, which in terms of park factors is not at the bottom, but it's, it's on the lower end. Yeah, it's on the lower end. And I'm just looking at the Seattle lineup. Um Ty France is out. He's on the IL now. Happened, I believe, Friday night injury. Adam Frazier, JP Crawford, um, Toro, Moore, all of these players are hitting under 125 the past week. They've kind of been slumping. Winker, Suarez, Rodriguez, and Cal Riley are kind of the hot hitters there. I'm not, you know, with Suarez as kind of a boomer bust type player. Um, Rodriguez is nice, still strikes out quite a bit. And Cal Riley, I mean, you know. But here's the thing about Jesse Winker. As we are recording today on Sunday, I don't know if, if you saw this, Colby. I know you were on the links this afternoon. Jesse Winker got in a fight, like a legitimate fight. Is, is it possible Jesse Winker could be suspended? I mean, I, I don't know if it will happen, but he went towards he went towards a dugout, which is kind of the no-no, right? You if, if you're like kind of approaching the other team to initiate the fight, I don't want to get into the discussion on suspension. No, it's a great point because he will be suspended. The only thing is he probably won't be suspended yeah. now because what these guys do is they always appeal, they appeal right? Yeah. They appeal it. It takes 10 days, 15 days for the appeal to finally go through. Same thing happened with Donaldson and he'll get suspended eventually, but it probably won't be this week. But Jesse Winker, regardless, regardless, the even if Winker is in there. Take the suspension now against Baltimore. Let our streamers hit. Um, but yeah, the you know, off of Dean Kramer that this year, his fastball, which he throws the most, batters are hitting 152 off of it. Like I said, I'm not here to tell you Dean Kramer's an amazing pitcher. I'm here to say you're in a 16 team league. You need a streamer. This one might just work out for you. And you know, last time that we picked a super deep one, um, I picked Bo, Bo Brisky and he did okay. And and you've been able to hit, hit some of these as well. It all has to do with matchups and opportunities with streamers. And, and a little bit of luck. Just a little yeah. sprinkle of luck in there. Yeah. That's, that's all you need. Cut. And, 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 you know, we I guess we could just go easy and pick like the 40% owned guys. But who? how's that fun, you know? No, because they're likely owned. I mean, I play in mostly 12-man leagues. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, maybe the people can – that listen to this podcast should comment and say, Hey, we could play in 10 man or 12 man leagues. I'd yeah. love a poll just to know kind of like 
what you guys are playing in. But Clay, to correct you, or not really correct you, just give a little bit more context. T-Mobile Park, where the Mariners play, actually is tied for last in Park Factor this year. Oakland Coliseum and T-Mobile Park are 93 Park Factor, which means that park is allowing 7% less runs on average. And the crazy thing is you go up to Fenway, Coors, and Great American Ballpark, where the Reds play, is 113 Park Factor, 13% more offense there right now, which is crazy. What, what was the number in Seattle? 93. 93. Wow. I, I think it was like 98 a couple of weeks ago, man. Yep. It's In Oakland, I mean, they don't even have fans there. If you're an away team, you, you should be able to perform okay. It's just simply the confines of that huge coliseum. But um, Dean, Dean Kramer... What do you think about Dean Kramer? Do you even have thoughts on Dean Kramer? No, I, I, I'm not going to go deeper into Dean Kramer because I think it's a really good streaming option. Just attacking that Mariners lineup this week, especially after this whole rumble up their their clubhouse is going to be in a little bit of shambles here in the next few days, I think. But I think the smart thing to do, Clay, and I'll correct because I said Tyler Wells pitches on Tuesday. He actually pitches tomorrow or today as we're releasing this episode. So it's Tyler Wells Monday. Then you go Dean Kramer on Tuesday. And then Johnny Cueto on Sunday, you can get three really good streaming opportunities throughout this week. We're not often afforded three really good streaming opportunities. And this week we are. So make sure to attack that. And they really could be the difference in you winning or losing a week. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you want me to roll through how we did last week? Give us the update. Tell me how we did last week. I'm hoping we did well. I gave, I believe, Garrett Cooper and Rich Hill. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Rich Hill got the win today. I'll let you give it give more. Um, we all did pretty well, I'd say. Rich Hill. Now I pulled this stat during the game. Did he pitch in the seventh inning? I don't believe he did. I am checking right now. I do not think he did. I was listening on the radio. Okay, I think as as Colby checks that, I'll, I'll six run innings mine. or yep, six okay. innings. Okay, yeah, I pulled I pulled it right after the six. I thought he was finished. Um, six innings, one run, four walks. Five hits, five Ks. Whip took a beating, but we'll take a win with some Ks. Yeah. Hey, that's that's a good streamer option, you know? Garrett Cooper continues to hit 293, 326, 390, one home run, seven RBIs. A little bit of a concern here, Colby. Just a little bit of a concern. 11 Ks. I'm not worried about it, man. Seven RBIs? Seven RBIs. Over a week? Oh, that is That's a good beautiful. Week. All right, get into yours. Okay. Cole Irvin was my streamer Friday night, and he did exactly what I said he would do. This is the most Cole Irvin stat line of all time. Six innings, three hits, three runs, four Ks. Ah, he got you 8, 10, 12 points. That's what Cole Irvin does. I'm like, a little shocked he even went six innings. Yeah. So respect there. And my pickup was John Birdie. Uh, 333, 429, 500, three steals, three RBIs, two doubles, and a triple. John Birdie, have yourself a week. Have yourself a freaking month for John Birdie. He's been on Fuego. All right, before we end the show. Well, I need to go over Peter's. Oh, Peter's, sorry. Sorry. Go over Peter's. No, you're good. It's funny how quickly we just forgot about Peter, man. We Come on now, he had a good week. Contreras, five innings. Four hits, one run, three Ks. Alec Thomas was his batter, 217, 280, 391, one home run, one RBI, one double. 
Alec Thomas, not the best of weeks. Still, I know we're all believers in Alec Thomas. I'm wearing my um, Diamondbacks City Connect t-shirt that I just got. So big Diamondbacks fans here at Not Gambling Advice. Big Alejandro Kirk fans here at Not Gambling Advice. In the month of June, he's hitting 343 with a 452 on base percentage. He's hit six home runs this month. There was the voice crack. This man is legitimately the best catcher in baseball right now. Is that fair to say? Is Alejandro Kirk actually the best catcher in baseball right now? I, I cannot think of anybody who is even close at this point. Um, he has done everything that we have ever dreamed of. Um, he, he, he actually hit a home run today, didn't he? He did hit a home run today. He's been so seven, actually, this month. The other guy, before we end the show, I'm sorry, I'm going on my little tangent. Well, I have one thing to say, too, before we end, so. All right, let me just finish. Allie Rushman's starting to heat up, and this is something to watch, right? So in his last 55 plate appearances, he's he's hitting 308 with a 596 slugging percentage. He's starting to come alive, striking out only 11% of the time in that span. Adley has been as advertised and now I think is the time to target him. He's already owned in a lot of leagues, but yeah. something to something to know. Well, Tin Man, think about this. Salvador Perez, injured again, struggling, been injured twice. I picked up um, Vasquez to replace him. If you want to pick up Adley, pick up Adley. I mean, there's not a ton of great offensive catchers out there, so it might be time to skip one of them. Before we leave, I just want to ask quickly, any concern on Nestor Cortez? Been a little bit of struggle past few outings. Um, not putting up the points and points leagues. Hasn't been going deeper into games like he has shown at times this year. Do you have any fantasy concern on Nestor right now? I It wouldn't be the worst time to sell really, really high if there's an owner that is out there that thinks Nestor really is a top 15, a top 10 pitcher in baseball. And this isn't a slight on Nestor because he really has proved himself as a top 25, a top 30 starting pitcher. But with Nestor, the concern has been, yeah, how long is he going to be able to go into the season? He only threw 93 innings last year. That's it. That was his career high. So, like, I didn't really expect Nestor to, to go 160, 170, even 180 innings in, into the season. You just had to think at some point he was going to wear down and not be able to go seven, eight innings into ballgames. Today, he went five innings pitch, three earned, gave up a home run, still seven Ks. So, you know, I don't think there's too much to look into there. But again, yeah, I think this could be a really good time to sell high on Nestor before the end of the season where the Yankees actually might not need to lean on Nestor either, right? They're, they're up by 10 and a half games on the Red Sox for first place right now. It's not like they can just coast into the playoffs, save Nestor for the playoffs at this point. That's what I would be thinking about. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, that'll do it. Not Gambling Advice, Monday episode, waiver Wire episode. Thank y'all for listening. We'll catch you soon.